Welcome to the Middle East Forums webinar and podcast series, Israel Insider, this week with Nova Dromi. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be moderating this discussion today. We are pleased to have Nova Dromi, who oversees the Middle East Forums Israel Victory Project, join us this week to update us on all the events going on in Israel. Nova will be giving us a briefing on current Israeli affairs for 15 minutes, then open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I will turn the discussion over to Nabet Dromi. Hi, Stacy. Thank you for the presentation. And we've met here, uh, I think, a month ago. It was in the beginning of the elections period. Now we are in the last day of each party or each list um, to submit the list of people that the, the list of the names of people that are going to be in the party, which is a candidate in the elections. And I think that since, I mean, since today uh, they are submitting the names and the list, tomorrow will be the formal beginning of the elections. And uh, you will see um, more battles between the parties itself and less battles inside the parties. Um, some of the parties are just now submitting uh, their final names. You could see that uh, the biggest parties, Alikud and Yeshatid, waited until the last day to submit the names. Some would say it's a tactic of the heads of the parties to minimize and the battles inside the parties. So, for example, Yeshatid published their list of names just yesterday. And the Likud list is known for a while, but only now um, they are publishing the names of the three or four people that the head of the party is saving them seats. And there are four seats in the Likud that the head of the Likud can put whoever he wants there. Uh, and they say it only today, Yeshatid was tomorrow. But I want to try and do something else and take you to some of the smallest parties and how they are handling uh, these very difficult times for them. Um, it's not easy. I mean, some would say a bigger party, um, the names and, and, and in the places are not so important even though I'm not sure it's true, but something is happening in the small parties. And I think in Israel, it's very interesting because if you followed the, the last two years with the, I mean, we are now in the fifth elections in two years, but if you follow them, if you follow them then you could see that many times the small parties are the one that in the end decide what will be. And Naftali Bennett had only six, uh, seats uh, in the last government and he somehow became the prime minister. Now people saying that the Yelichoked might be the one and Yelichoked is not even going through the minimized seats of the threshold. You have you need to have four mandates to be counted. She's not even there. But some political correspondent saying that she will decide uh, what will happen. So it's very uh, interesting to see the small parties. I think I will save uh, maybe the most interesting uh, story to the end. 
Um, Stacy, if you could start screen the PowerPoint, I'd be grateful. Thank you. So this is just, I was trying to think what will be interesting and not to speak about the, the, I mean, the names that we all know and that we are all familiar with. So for example, uh, I mentioned Ayelet Chaked uh, before. So today Ayelet Chaked announced that number four in her party it's, is Nitsana Darshan Lightnet. This is the first face that you will see. And Nitsana, I don't know, she works in the U US a lot. She is the CEO of organization called Shurat Adin, uh, which uh, if I speak about what I do daily, the Israel Victory Project, then Nitsana would be some of the people that definitely um, symbolize victory when it comes to the legal system and uh, how to how to gain a victory over the Palestinians uh, in the legal area. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, I don't think Nitsana um, is very religious. Um, maybe she's traditional, I'm not sure. But it's interesting in the Ayelet Chaked case because she's trying to take people from different uh, views. Uh, and number two, Yossi Brodny, which is a name that no one in Israel, I mean, almost no one in Israel knew about a month ago. He is the mayor of a small religious uh, town named Givat Moel, and he is number uh, two of Ayelet Chaked. Um, Nitsana is number four, and it's very interesting to see um, that he's doing um, the movement, which many people are doing. Uh, from an NGO to the political life. Um, Nitana is taking a risk because, as I said before, Ayala Chaked now gets in some in some of the polls, it's 2%, some of them it's 1.7%, but uh, for now she's not going through the threshold of the four seats. Um, the next person, and I guess that none of you know it, uh, you will see her face in the end. She's a young girl. Her name is Adar Mukhtar. In some of the polls, she gets more votes than Ayelet Chaked, which is amazing. If you would see the story of this young girl, Adar Mukhtar, and the Ayelet Chaked, uh, it's an amazing to see how both of them are in the same level. Ayelet Chaked uh, was a minister. She's now the interior minister. Um, and I took Adam Mukhtar because everyone in Israel is speaking about her and wondering if he is um, curious, if he is something serious. And what he did uh, about two days ago, uh, created the mini storm. She did something, uh, it's a political gimmick, but she, she I mean, this was published in a Haredic street saying that Adam Mukhtar is a, a threat to the Haredic world, and the people should be aware of her. And what was interesting, just to give you a taste of the political life in Israel, if you could uh, move to the next photo, you will see that um, the girl that hanging these uh, photos, which saying that uh, Adam Mukhtar is a threat to the Haredic world, is a person from her party from Hadar Mukhtar party. And in the next photo, you would see that Hadar Mukhtar is printing the papers that uh, calling her a threat for the Haredic world. 
Uh, so this is something I thought would be interesting to show you uh, how sometimes things are uh, working. Um, I said I would keep the last, uh, I mean, the most interesting thing, which is also from the last hours and uh, getting a lot of interest because it's affecting a very um, familiar and well-known party uh, in Israel, Israel Beitenu of Victor Lieberman. And uh, the next girl that you will see with Naftali Bennett, her name is Stella Weinstein. And she was the CEO of Yamina uh, until not too long ago. Um, during the war in uh, Ukraine, in the beginning, she opened like an operation room, a civilian operation room, helping to uh, refugees from Ukraine to get a, a shelter in Israel. Um, she's, a, she's from Ukraine from Ukraine, if I remember correctly. But what's interesting that she announced that she is going to establish a party which will turn to uh, the Soviet Union, uh, the former Soviet Union voters. Uh, as you know, in Israel, uh, there, are, there is a big crowd uh, from former Soviet Union. Many of them, especially those, um, the oldest one are usually voting to Victor Lieberman, which is one of the most uh, well-known politicians, he is now the economic minister, um, definitely someone um, that knows every trick in the book. Um, and usually, I mean, every time people say that Lieberman is the end, he will never, uh, it doesn't have enough votes, and always, 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 Lieberman succeed and is one of the key players in the recent years in politics. And if I mentioned before the small parties, which has which have a lot of weight, definitely a Victor Lieberman party is in is the head of one of these parties. Israel Beitenu, even though it's only six mandat, seven, um, they have a lot of power. What's interesting is that now, due to the war between Ukraine and Russia, some of the correspondents saying, the political correspondents saying that the former Soviet Union voters are disappointed because they wanted Lieberman to take a, a, more, a, a more aggressive a, approach toward a, Russia. And from, I mean, Lieberman answer will be that it's not true. And I mean, like always in politics, there are two coins, but what's interesting is that in some of the polls, Lieberman is on four seats, uh, which is something that wasn't, I mean, we didn't see in the past years. And now Stella Weinstein saying that she is establishing the party, which uh, trying to get uh, these votes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised um, if this party of Stella Weinstein would be something that uh, grew up in the heads of some of Victor Lieberman rivals. Um, you could see how people sometimes doing things, uh, establishing parties or trying to split between parties uh, in order to affect the other camp. 
Uh, but this is interesting because if Lieberman is really on the four mandates and Stella Weinstein um, gets even half a mandate, then it might be risky for Lieberman for the first time. Um, and also Lieberman, which, wa which once was uh, very close to Aryeh Deri from Shas. So in the recent years, Shas is the Haredic uh, party, the Sfaradi, the, the Sfaradi uh, Haredi party. If they were very close in the past, now they don't speak with each other. So the chances for them to sit in the same government is very low. So things are so fragile. A, a small party like Stella, Stella Weinstein, I don't think she even believes she will get in the Knesset, she will go through the threshold, but I do think that she believes that if she will gain half a mandate, she destroy it to uh, Lieberman itself. Um, and then this is it more or less. I thought this time to speak about closing of the lists um, of the parties and about the small parties, which might have an effect on the entire system. And if you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer. All right, thank you so much. So we have a couple of questions coming in. Mary Feldman asks, please comment on the statement by the head of Mossad regarding the biggest danger to Israel's internal politics, if you could. Again? Uh, could you please comment on the statement by the head of Mossad reg regarding the uh, biggest danger to Israel is internal pol politics? I think you mean the head of Shabak. There is Shabak and there is a Mossad. The head of the Mossad is Dadi Bornea, and he's focusing on Iran right now, and he didn't have any comment on a, a inner politi political issues. Um, Ronen Bar, the head of the Shabak, said about a week ago that um, the Palestinians and the terror organization, they see the split uh, in the Israeli society. And, and what he said basically that uh, the arguments in Israel, in the society, affects the terror organizations. Um, I wrote an article about it. I said, I think uh, it's a mistake. Um, First of all, I think that someone uh, who is responsible for the security and Shabak, this is their main job to responsible to be responsible for the security and to take care of the victory of Israel and to make sure that we win the Palestinians dealing with social issues. Um, the Shabak is not a social organization. Uh, there are NGOs to do it, to deal with it, to speak about the connection between secular and non-secular and left-wing and right-wing. This is not something for the head of the Shabbat. I think he made a mistake and he also um, got criticized uh, from both sides of the political camp saying that um, the people who are responsible for the security should deal with the security, just like people that deal with the health should deal with the health. Thank you so much for that. Len Getz asks, please explain how Ayelet Shaked could make a difference if in the end her party does not pass the threshold. If Ayelet Shaked does not pass the threshold, but she does take three mandates, 
then those three mandates that could go to the right wing camp, dividing between a, I don't know, um, some of the other parties, then those three mandates are lost. No one can use them. There is no party that can use it for for whatever. So this is how it affects the political system. There are some voices uh, calling her to quit. Um, I don't know what she'll do in the last days. You can see a very aggressive campaign from her side saying that uh, her heart is in the right-wing camp and that um, she made a mistake. Uh, I don't know if it will uh, help her, but back to your question, if she runs till the end and she does get three mandates, which is not enough, then she loses three mandates that will have no use. you go a little further into depth about uh, the mandates and losing them, um, uh, as well as just the smaller parties like you were talking about, uh, what, what exactly do they gain by running and, and taking the mandates from, from other parties? And they get recognition, they get people to speak about them. And some people, I mean, some of the people are trying to connect with each other. For example, Elia Vidal, um, which was in Israel Beitenu, left Israel, left Israel Beitenu, and he offered Adar Mukhtar to join him so they can run together. Um, it didn't work out, she didn't want, but I think what people get is that they feel that they're doing what they believe in and that they have support for what they believe in. And that... You know, sometimes also the media has a has a role in that. This girl, Adam Mukhtar, which gets a, right now sometimes 1.5 or 2 mandates, she gets interviews a lot. People inviting her for studios and to channels and speak with her because, you know, sometimes, I mean, I would say it's filling the, the, the blank spaces in TV. You have to interview someone, she can be provocative and it will uh, get a lot of uh, views and likes on Facebook and Twitter. So there are different reasons why to do it. You can run because you believe in what you do or you can run because you want to be familiar. Um, each one for his reasons, I guess. So specifically with Weinstein uh, and Lieberman. So Weinstein is running to hopefully take some mandates from Lieberman so that way Lieberman won't cross the threshold, correct? This is what she's saying. Just to make sure this is not like correspondent of me. She she spoke against Lieberman um, in many times. Um, and I think this is what she's hoping for. And I've Again, this is my interpretation, but I think that someone wants her to run and to take some votes from Lieberman. Um, I don't know. I don't. I. I mean, political. I mean, politics is something very, very tricky, and you gain people that don't. I mean, you gain enemies to be. I mean, to be very. Straight, straightforward. Netanyahu gained many enemies, Lieberman gained many enemies, Lapid, Arya Deri, everyone has enemies. 
So if you gain enemy, then sometimes the enemy trying to check you down. And I think in this case, um, I, I don't know Stella Weinstein so well. Uh, I'm not familiar with the details, but I do believe that there are people who has interest to, to take votes from Lieberman and to take them to someone else. By the way, there were stories about how uh, in the Ashkenazic Haredim, they united only about one day ago until about two or two days ago in the Ashkenazi uh, Haredim, there was a split and there was a fear uh, in, the, in their camp that they won't run together and then they will lose mandate. And the, then someone said that there is a that there is other politician that created the split in order for this camp to lose votes. So there is politics everywhere. Sounds like a game of survivor. All right, uh, Len gets follows up. So could you please explain then how you do acquire mandates? How exactly does that process come about? What do you mean? How do you gain mandates? How do you? How, yeah, how... sitting sitting from outside the country, <laughs> so it's a little confusing. Can you break it down? How, so how does one gain a mandate? A, a mandate is like a certain amount of people that voted for you. Um, uh, for example, three mandates, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is almost a three less than three hundred thousand votes. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's mathematic. I mean, it's mathematics, you need to know the numbers, but basically it's votes. For example, one mandate, it's a X voters, two mandate, it's X plus, plus two voters, and uh, so on and so on. But uh, for uh, four mandates, you don't need a lot of votes. Um, and still, I mean, four mandates is the threshold you need to be counted as a party that can that still play the game. If you if you don't have the four mandates, then you didn't pass the threshold and you are out of the game. And the people that vote for you, their votes are not being counted. If someone votes for you and you don't have the four mandates, then his vote is gone. And this is why some of the parties that are not that in the polls are not going through the threshold are in problem because people don't want to vote for a party which in the polls doesn't go through the threshold because they are afraid that the vote will be lost. They went to the poll, they voted and then nothing. So every time that there are polls in the evening in the news where you see Ayala Chaked or someone else um, below the threshold, then Ayala Chaked knows that she might lose voters that will see it and won't, won't participate, I mean, won't go to vote for her because they wouldn't like their votes to be lost. I hope it answered your question. Thank you so much. Uh, and I don't want to confuse you. I'm not sure how many votes are one mandate. I can check it if you want to. Okay, that, that, makes, that makes sense. Uh, Barack Korkmaz asks, do you expect a showdown between Lebanon, Hezbollah, and Israel, or a civil war in Lebanon, Shia versus Sunni communities possible? Um, to be honest, I'm not, um, I'm not an expert, 
for Lebanon. Um, this is, I mean, I would ask someone that understands, and I'm sure that MEF has uh, people that understands better than uh, myself. Um, I, I think that um, Hezbollah and Nasrallah are gaining more uh, strength or more confident in the last years. Uh, you would see that, I mean, I've seen that, for example, um, I mean, around the, the story with the, with the gas in the north, um, that there is a battle, a fight between Israel and Lebanon over a location of a, of a natural gas. And for a few, I mean, there was one or two times that Nasrallah uh, sent a katbam, which I don't know what's the name in English. It's kind of a technological, a technology intelligence tool. Uh, and he sent it to Israel and Israel didn't respond. Um, which, if I understand Nasrallah a bit, he see weakness in it. Um, and uh, what will happen, I don't know. But uh, if you would uh, if you would listen to some uh, Israelis uh, from the uh, security establishment, they're speaking about the third Lebanon war. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I hope Israel would be prepared to the next uh, war. Thank you. Gary Hillebrand asks, is it known to what extent Russia may be withdrawing personnel and or equipment from Syria to redirect to the Ukraine? Again? Is it known to what extent Russia may be withdrawing personnel and or equipment from Syria to redirect to Ukraine? I have no idea. I'm sorry. I mean... No problem. And right now, is most of the news in Israel just focused on, on the upcoming elections, or, or is there any other big big news that we should know about? Most of it elections and things around it are, I mean, for obvious reasons, um, are being used for the elections. For example, the, the prices, the economy. Uh, the prices are getting very high. Um, some of it because in the entire world, I guess all the prices are going high. Some of it because Israel is very, uh, its economical uh, policy still have leftovers from uh, a socialist uh, uh, point of view. Um, you would see, uh, I mean, I don't know how interesting it is, but in Israel, for example, um, you can't uh, bring cheese from other countries. Um, some of the cheese you can bring from other countries. Um, there is only one electrical uh, company in Israel. Um, so there are inner problems that are, in my opinion, uh, causing um, these issues, but also uh, global issues that affect it. Uh, so this is somehow affect the public. And also you can see it in the elections. Um, and you can see political politicians um, corresponding to it. For example, the the price of the gas, which was very high, almost eight shekels, about one month ago, is now uh, six shekels. 
two shekels less, which is uh, significant. Uh, for example, uh, I don't know, the price of the pasta went higher um, or the price of the bread went higher. And in Israel, again, you can't, um, there is a supervision on the price of bread. Uh, some of the bread is under a supervised uh, price. So you could see that when some of the companies wanted to, to take more money for the bread, the government got involved and, uh, and kept the supervised price, even though there were some people who said, don't interfere, let the market do itself. The price of the bread will be uh, lower if the government won't be involved, but uh, the politicians have got involved because, as I say, it's election time, so uh, you don't want to take a risk. Yeah, lazy fare versus price caps. All right, so going into the elections, now that the infighting is pretty much subsided, what are the big issues that, that the people of Israel are, are looking for from their politicians? Um... To be honest, uh, I think uh, in Israel today, unfortunately, uh, the discourse is not about the cost of living. It's uh, it's more about security than cost of living. But in the end of the day, it's still the argument about uh, Netanyahu. Uh, I think this is uh, what uh, leads people the most when they go to vote. All right. Well, thank you so much. We've come to the close of our webinar. Navet, thank you for taking time to update us this week. Thank you for having me. Of course. For our viewers and listeners, please join us Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern for a webinar with Alexandre Gudzari discussing Iran's pawn wreaking havoc throughout the Fertile Crescent. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful day.